This I is know. the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's about nothing. <laughs> it really is. Who's Kramer? I don't know. I don't know who I who I George less want to be Kramer or George. I would love to be Kramer. I want to be Jerry's dad. <laughs> Why? My wallet's know, gone. Funny, he's retired in Florida. He's <laughs> My wallet's out. gone. I could see Nick doing that. My wallet's That's gone. That's true. I could see that. Who would I be? Don't t- don't say Newman. Please don't say Newman. <laughs> uh, Newman's conniving, man. Yeah, but you have your moments. <laughs> Where I'm conniving? You're just. I would say you're, you're. I would say you're Newman, but like. The Newman scenes where he's like where he's buddies with Kramer, not the Newman scenes against Jerry. Well, then who's Jerry? There's only uh, I could see Anthony being Jerry. <laughs> yeah, in a way, in a way. Liz is definitely Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Are you George? I said I would love to be Kramer, but I could oh. see a little bit of George as well. We all have a little bit of George in us. Yeah, yeah that's true. I think we need to get something out there. Oh, you know, I know who I am. I know exactly who I am. And I don't know if you're going to agree. I'm Elaine's boss. Like the Mr. Peterman. Peterman. Is that him? <laughs> Elaine, I think we should do like that guy. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. The urban sombrero. Yeah. Yep. Or the uh, coffee table books about coffee tables. Yeah. I like him. He was also a family. He was one of the family feud hosts for a while. Mm-hmm. In between Louie, Fat Louie. I don't mean to call him Fat Louie, but I'm trying to think of his last name. Louis Louis Anderson. He was a host of Family yeah. Feud? For like a little bit. It was so it was wow. Louis Anderson. I think it was Louis Anderson. Then it was Al Borland from Home Improvement. Who was before Louis Anderson? There was like the main host from like back in the day. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember. I, I can't remember. I only remember Louis Anderson. That's right. Steve, Al Borland was uh, it, it Steve was Harvey. Lu- no, it was Louis Anderson. There was Al Borland, and then there was Mr. Peterson. Wow, you Peterman. Yeah, Louis Peterman. Yeah. I don't know his name. You really know a lot about your Family Feud. I, I just know like they. Were, I, I know famous people who like who host a thing like you know back in the day and back okay. in the, you know when you were when you're ten you're flipping through the game show network you know and Al Borland's there you know show me potatoes. He wasn't there when you were ten. Uh, it was a while ago because Steve Harvey's been it for like at least ten years now. Yeah, at least. So that would make me twenty-one. Aaron uh, Rodgers just did Jeopardy. I yeah, I cool. I'm getting on the uh, Lavar Burton train for Jeopardy. There's a there's a petition out there to get Lavar Burton to uh to be the new host. What the hell's Lavar Burton? Reading Rainbow. Oh. Butterfly in the sky. Yeah. And he was also um I can't think of I can't remember his name, but in the Star Trek Next Generation, he had the visor. Oh uh, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, we did. So you should know. God, wow, a lot of circle backs. Mm-hmm. So I think today, I think we need to I think we need to talk about something though. Before we get into it, let's talk about how, what this podcast really is about. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I want to make sure everybody knows. Yeah, it's, there's nothing going on. There's a there's a an array of cigars, but <laughs> I think what it comes down to is that I've listened to a lot of cigar podcasts, which they're very good, very detailed. But boy, do I get bored. Yeah. I get very bored. Yeah. I like when we keep cigar things like we have a, like a big episode where we get like really into a cigar topic, but if we it also spreads it out because you got to remember most podcasts or or blogs or whatever you kind of blow through your load on the serious topics rather wow. quickly, you know. Yeah. And then you're left with like not, well we space it out. Right. You know, like once a month you're gonna get like a nice cigar topic from us. Oh yeah. 
we're always smoking and we always comment and discuss what we're smoking. So there's that portion of it. But also, what, the I times think we just say, oh, that yeah. was good. It's good. Well, I think Boy, this, this also emphasizes and I'm, I'm thinking about this now. This wasn't planned, but I'm, I'm actually thinking about it. Now. I think this emphasizes what cigar smoking should be is an acknowledgement and an point. enjoyment of the product. But it should be conversation. I think nowadays there's so many. And listen, I'm, I'm guilty of it more than most. Cigar nerds and they get together and all they talk about is cigars and got to do the thing and who they're limited and and would would rap and like the point of them the relaxation the camaraderie the joking around that just having conversation is lost so I think that that's what we want this this is a this is a global hangout with our fan <laughs> you Chris. know. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being hey, here. Thanks for all your support. First time, long time. Um, where we discuss, you know, what we're well, smoking, but also we just kind of go back and forth as one shoot. You go to a cigar. You don't go to a cigar lounge and all you talk about is cigars. You talk right. about what you're smoking, give somebody some recommendations, talk about any news. But then it should just be a hangout, man. That's that's what I like. That's what I, that's one of the very draws. Yeah. I think it's a very good point. As many of you know, it's our 50th anniversary this year, and we're you know we're, we're doing a lot of plug-in, but we're not just plugging it because we want you to buy a bunch of stuff. We're having a lot of fun with it. We get to do a lot of stuff that we've never done here before. Interactive, you know, events that we're going to be hosting, customer gifts and very cool custom accessories. And then, of course, a slew of new cigar launches. And we want it to go hard because you go hard or you go home. And so we have a lot of cigar launches this year um, dedicated to our 50th anniversary. The ones you've already seen, the Romeo, um, JR 50th, the Mother Church from Crown Heads the Monte Cristo Cinquenta in the new size, the Agonorsa Lunatic. And then our next one is right now. The Davidoff JR 50th Anniversary Exclusive. Um, now, I know what some, some of you out there think um, when it comes to Davidoff doing kind of like private labels. They have done anniversary cigars before. They did one for us a couple of years ago. And they typically have kind of a template they use. It's the Davidoff white label. It's a white box. It's like a box of 10, and it's just like a, a Connecticut wrapper, Dominican-Dominican, and it's just kind of boilerplate. You know, still so like still a great cigar. Stuff. Not even like – more like just their, their, their regular white label uh, I got stuff. You. Yep. Um, still, still excellent cigar. Even the worst Davidoff is, is an amazing best, smoke. Right. But this year we asked them, like, listen, it's our 50th anniversary. You know, we're JR Cigar. We're, you know, we're kind of iconic. Uh, can we do something extra special? And they said yes. So – and honestly, the only stipulation they is said they said no first, and then well, you no, no. The all, the, honestly, the only stipulation they have is um, the secondary band that we're using on everything else. They they wanted something that went more with the Davidoff aesthetic, which I, I think it looks I, great. Which I, I think it looks great. I think, and I totally agree. Like, listen, I think it looks great. Davidoff has a very certain look and aesthetic to it, so like we'll stick to that. That's fine. Um, but they didn't just go for like, oh, we're gonna blend you something, or we're gonna do something with. The they took one of the cigars from the Eladio Diaz collection, the Eladio Diaz birthday selection. That's very limited, very hard to find. And then they gave us a, a Toro size of one of those blends. And even though it's very simple packaging, I I love it. There's some, I mean, the marketing on this, and call me a fool, but it, it works you for me. You can pick it up. I dropped it. Uh, I, <laughs> but the branding on this just works for me. Um, it, you know, it, it's simple, but still elegant. It's not like in cellophane, like a bundle right. of stuff. It's in like, like nice hardy paper. Has all the information on the front. It has the flavor notes, has the intensity, the size, where it's from. Um, and also, they just done such a great job of marketing, you know, their master's vault releases and their small batch and their Eladio Dia. Marketing it this way that actually seeing a Davidoff in this kind of packaging excites me more than seeing like, 
the the year of the ox in 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 its in its fancy box and everything. This right. actually makes me much more interested. So I was happy, and honestly, this blend fits in perfectly with this. Exceptionally smooth, great draw on it, um, and it's on the bolder side, uh, which is what you really look for in Davidoffs in this line. Obviously, a Davidoff white label, you go for more of the Connecticut smooth, creamy. But all the limited stuff that's come out in this kind of packaging has been a little more intense, and they've been experimenting with a lot of different tobaccos that they don't generally utilize. So this one we're looking at, by the way, perfect Toro size. Usually I like a 6x50, but this 52, it just feels right. Yep. You know, looks right. I'm talking about the intensity. I love I love this intensity level. It's yeah. not not too much. It's not, enough to get you going, right. but not too much to it's knock perfect. you out. Yeah, it's right. And even it's flavors right. is right there as well. Um, it's using a blend of aged Dominican and Nicaraguan tobaccos. Um, I know why you're liking it. It's got that Mexican San Andreas sure binder. Um, and then a lovely dark Ecuadorian. When I'm, they don't state it, but I'm assuming some form of Ecuadorian Habano right. or even Ecuadorian Corojo, like some kind of darker sea Ecuadorian wrapper uh, on there. Intensity level is a three out of five. Like I said, six by fifty on the uh, six by fifty-two Toro size, and I love how it gives you the little flavor notes that you can look for here. So this one says spice, sweet, and wood, which is kind of everyone's going to have their own analysis and their own preference and their own like what are they tasting. Especially it depends on what you've eaten that day, what you've smoked before, what you're drinking. But I'm definitely getting an aura of those three things. It definitely okay. has an amount of spice. It definitely has some sweetness to it, and definitely some like I don't want to just say wood. I want to say oak. There's like an oakiness yeah. to it. Yeah, I agree you know? with that. I also feel like if you're gonna do the flavor notes, you put it in order that you feel taste the most. Which they might like how, do. How you know? How, which three would you put that in order of trying this? I'm not getting a ton of the sweetness right now. I'm getting definitely more of the oak and spice. Okay. But also, as you get more into this flavor transitions, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. There's definitely a, a hint of sweetness there coming off of that that Mexican right. binder. Um, but I'm not getting a ton of sweetness like a Mexican San Andreas wraps. I wonder if it's my root beer. That's it might be root beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going straight water on this. Nice. I should have done, done root beer. You want some? No. What are, what are you going to do? Just put it in a cup? No. You already split it with him. I'm not taking the third. All right, fine. I have some M&M's downstairs. Yeah, I finished mine anyway, so I wasn't going to offer you any. <laughs> but this one, again, very limited. I think we only have 300 packs of this. How much are they going for? This one's expensive. I want to say it's like three twenty to three fifty a pack. I can't remember exactly. I know the the price for a single is uh, is thirty five, but we're not, right. we're not selling singles. But like the MSRP right. of a single is thirty five. Um, but that's in the ballpark of what these go for. And I'm telling you right now, folks, uh, and you could you could fact check me on this. These you know these vault series and these master collections and this, the Davidoff chef series, all of these limited Davidoffs, they come and they go quick. They are gone. You cannot find them again. So I think it's one of the best ones. I think because, like we were talking about the white series, the white label or white series, uh, it's just a little too um, mellow for me. A little too, yeah. you know, it's it's smooth. It's a great coffee cigar, but I always. Tell me the small I, batch we had too. The small yeah, batch. The small batch. You, you, again, you I did like that. I did like that one. It had, I think, a little bit more intensity and also a little bit more flavor. This just has that perfect balanced like the mother church that's how i'm going to go on this is that it's not too it's not in your face but also like scrumptious it it, it is it is really you know? good and the, uh, honestly they are a little lighter 
than I would have liked initially, and I thought that was going to create some kind of draw problems, but it is drawing perfectly, and it's it's got a very solid burn on it. Just the color of the wrapper, too. Yeah. Just they are, dude, they're just so, they're they're like, you know, when you, when you, and I make this argument for a lot of things when someone's like, like, oh, you know, my, my Toyota gets me from A to B and it's a nice car. It's got a CD, play all the stuff I need. Why do you got to come in on a, on a, on a Bentley? Then you get in a Bentley and yeah, it's going to get me to work this, maybe like a little bit quicker, but like, also you can't, I'm not going to be going 120 down the highway. No. But you look and you see that the seats are stitched, leather stitching by hand. They have, you know, the, 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 is it just called a shifter? That's really what it's called, right? Yeah. The, the shifter is made out of like titanium and it's like molded in a certain way. Like the dashboard is made from like a bulletproof. You've been like, in one? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been in a Lam- The Lamborghini I was in was like, it was kind of a boilerplate Lamborghini. It was like their basic model that, uh, when me and Anthony did it for the, and we just like, we rented it for the day. Uh, it was still nice, but I've sat in a in like a like a high end Bentley before, and I'm like, it's this, this like I think it was a Continental GT, uh, and it's like this is it's it's every little detail you can think of, and that's what you get with this. I've had five dollar cigars that are amazing. It's the little details. the The smoke output is going to be perfect. The right. weight is going to be perfect. The color of each wrapper is going to be perfect. I have yet to. I, uh, now I've had Davidoff blends that didn't wow me. They just weren't my thing. Right. But I never had a Davidoff that smoked poorly. Like, oh, this Agreed. one's been smoking the wrong right. way, or the ashes all over the place, or it's split. Now that's just you know maybe maybe people have. I haven't. They just with every little detail they are impeccable, and that's that's why you can fool me with this. That's right. why this simple marketing that like you know thirty five bucks without a box. You still got me because the contents are still there. Because they're basically saying it's more about the cigar than it is the mm-hmm. presentation. Yeah. Even though the presentation is fantastic in its own way. But I can basically. only imagine how much the cigar would cost if they did a fancy box. Oh, probably, of probably, probably like 40 or 42. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because a fancy box of them is probably going to cost like $12, $13 for them to, to make. Sure. And so they got to put like a, a, at least five bucks on the, you know, on the smoke to make their, you know, it's a whole thing. I got you. Yeah. I'm with you. So we wanted to do have a little fun times. Um, I, I probably have more now that I have to send you, but we put up a questions, ask us questions on the JR Instagram. Oh, how you like here? Have the questions and now ask me. You told me that's what you wanted to do. Like peasant, you get your free David off, and you ask me the questions. <laughs> we get this question all the time. We get it on YouTube a lot. Any plans on selling cigars out of outside of the states? Nothing concrete. Um, there's just a lot of laws and regulations that have to be abided by. Cigar taxes. Um, Not only that, it's just also the type of cigars that we sell. Yeah. We can't. They can't be sold. Some, overseas. some of them there is a, there there is legality behind some of them that we can't that that the manufacturers can't sell them outside of the U.S. Um, you know, there's a risk. You know, sending to to Asia or, or, or Africa or even, even parts of Europe, like just the light it's going to take to get there. We would have had to pack it out with Boveda packs and the shipping is going to be astronomical. So uh, I've, I've asked about this a few times with uh, 
some of my bosses and it is something that, you know, we have a small team of people are kind of looking into, but in the immediate future, no, we do do it for air bases uh, or, or, or military bases. Right. So any, any kind of American military base around the world, we do send that, but that's because there's a dedicated mail service that just services American military bases. So it's more of a direct route to them. Gotcha. Best cigar based on value. That's tough. I mean, I always go back to our number one. Yeah, I'd have to. I mean, that's that's up there. I mean, because I think it's what like six bucks. Yeah, big payback Maduro. For the, for the big pay, the one one big payback Maduro um, that just came out. What was it? Two years ago now, or last year? I guess twenty nineteen is when it came out, or when it was least when it announced. Know, no. Well, when the actual cigar came out. Yeah. Or when our list came out. The list. No, was when, when the actual cigar came out. I think it was nineteen. Yeah. So two years at this point. Yeah. But. Yeah, for that, that that's a twelve dollars cigar. They're selling for six bucks. Um, I'll also say the Umbagog and the Charter Oak. Agreed. Um, now, obviously, the three we just named are like from boutique manufacturers. There's some great, you know, Romeos, Monies, Hoyos that are that are kind of in that price range. But in terms of best cigar based on the value, you smoke a six dollar Romeo, you're smoking a very good. Six dollar cigar, and I always hate. I don't hate to do this because I don't want to seem like we're homing, 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 homing. Mm. Is it homing or selling our own brands? But the nightshade, nightshade, yeah, nightshade is actually a great example. Yeah, um, I, I think that's one of the best private yeah. labels we've ever released yeah, the, the since thing, I started. The here thing with me. some of the cheaper, like big brand ones, is they're a great cigar at six dollars. They're a good cigar at like 10 or 11. Umbagog is a great cigar at like six, seven dollars. Umbagog is a great cigar at 11 or 12 dollars. Right. Same thing with, with Charter Oak. Same thing with Nightshade. Honestly, Nightshade at 10 or 11, I wouldn't blink an eye. Right. I'd still buy it. So when, when you say based on value, I go more for not just is it good for this price, I go more for how much more could you sell it for and still like it still makes sense? Right. You know, I love a Romeo Bully, man. It's been one of my, yep. you know, every day, good, great morning. So, you know, Monte Cristo White. Would I pay $15, $18 for a, a Romeo Bully? Probably not. And it's not meant for that. That's right. fine. Would I pay $15 for like a Charter Oak? I pay it for Tabernacle and, and they're very similar. The, the quality is there. Right. Which is why out of out of those those two manufacturers, those are like those are the ones that sell the quickest because you're getting the quality and everything of a Sin Compromiso or a Tricky Traca for six hundred bucks. Most of the JR Edition Limitada alternatives are, are on back order. When are they coming? It says limited right in the name, bud. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to say this right now, and it's not going to do anything because people are still going to ask me. Except for like specific projects, I don't know. I, I never know when things are coming back in stock. Right. I know when some things are arriving, like new things are arriving. But when it comes when it comes to some, something selling out and waiting to get back in stock, I have no idea. I don't even know why they're out of stock. I, I'm not. I'm not in those convert. I'm just guessing. You know, during this time of uh, of COVID, not only has there been logistic problems, but all all factories, you know, because sales went through the roof just about everybody. Factories are just so backed up trying to catch up, you know, so I'm sure that has something to, to do with it. But the edition limitadas are our are, are bread and butter. So, like, they will be back as soon as possible. 
And do you know anything about the EP, the, the prequel? No. Don't know when that one's yeah. arriving. Um, but if it's coming from Ernesto, we usually get him a little bit later than everyone else just because of uh, he's one of those guys who likes to take care of brick and mortars first, which totally understandable. So, you know, whenever whenever it landed at brick and mortar, I, I estimate probably six months to a year after. So this person has 25 cigars in his humidor with two 72% Boveda packs. That's way too many. That's one too many. But his hygrometer, right, is at 60%. I think his hygrometer is probably not calibrated. It's, a, it's probably a, uh, I'm guessing it's an analog hydrometer, which is it's hydrometer or hygrometer. I, I call it a hygro, I call it a hydrometer, but it's spelled hygrometer. Right. Because it's G. But I, I've always just called like in the old times. It was just called, oh, hydrometer is like kind of what everyone said. Oh, um, that's interesting. Now you just answered a lot of questions on YouTube yeah. when you don't say it right. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I've always said, I'm going to keep saying Gabagool to the day I die. That's like not how you say it, but that's just how I was brought up in this industry. All the old guys in the cigar, oh, put a hydrometer in it. Right. And also when I do like very serious humidor reviews, I try to pronounce no, it I slower. Know. But in my, know. you know, it's hydrometer. If he's using analog, it's probably not right. But you also got to check your humidor, man. You got to do the paper test. Make sure that thing is airtight. If it's not airtight, then it could be escaping. But I'm telling you, if that thing is airtight. With two of those. With it, two of those, that's too many. Yeah, make sure what bag it is, too. Is, yeah. it, is it the square Boveda, which is the five gram? Or, or the, the rectangular one. Right, which is 20, I think. Because if it's a smaller one, the smaller one only handles up to 10 cigars. If you have the, the rectangle one, it's up to 25. It should be. It probably would be even more than that. But it could be more. In, but in, in, a lot of, like, in a lot of boxes, when manufacturers box their cigars with a Boveda pack, Box of twenty five. It's coming with one small of the squ the square, like I think it's the square sixty nine Boveda. Right. So, regardless of anything, once your humidor is set right, two of those packs of twenty five cigars is way too many. Is there a way to ship cigars with a Boveda pack? The shipping out west takes days. Anytime we do uh, like our custom five packs or our custom samplers, we always include a Boveda pack. In terms of putting it in the box, we're not allowed to open uh, a box. Unless we're opening it for singles, we cannot open a box, put a Boveda pack in, close the box, reseal it, and send it to you. So a Boveda pack coming into a box has to come like that from the manufacturer, and that's that's their decision. Right, and also our warehouse is humidified. That yeah, it, they should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're 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 unless something's taking three weeks to get out to you, it should be fine. And worst case scenario, let it sit in your humidor for a little bit. When does the foundation collaboration drop, and what's the blend? Summer of 2021. I do not know the blend yet. What Nick has been telling me is that it's going to be a new tweaked version of the Wawense. So it's going to be Wawense kind of themed, but new box, different artwork, and a, and a very tweaked blend of it. Okay. So that's all I know. That's sometime July or August, maybe. Is you know. anybody doing a Connecticut Broadleaf? Not to my knowledge. Damn, damn shortage. I didn't want them to, because like I knew I would get crap if I was to in charge. To have one, yeah. No, the, the, listen. I mean, John John used it on his on the mother church in the binder, and I, yeah. I appreciated that. It also worked very well in that. Well, of course, just like yeah. the Mexican San Andreas is working nice with this. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing the binder with the Mexican San Andreas and the broadleaf is is it, coming it's, out it's, real nice. It's it's mellow. It's uh, meshing better. Right, it's meshing a lot better. Um, what large Drew estate do you recommend for a round of golf? 
I'll tell you what I had. All right, you tell them. I had the Liga Pravada number nine, double Corona. That thing's a monster on the golf course. I was actually going to say the exact same thing. Monster. That thing lasted me at least least nine holes. How many holes? Nine. Oh, that's a lot of holes. Yeah, not ten. Also, the, uh, the nightshade has a big one, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't there a big, like, Churchill in the nightshade? Yep. That one, too. But also... A Churchill in the also the, if you're looking for big as in terms of fat you can go with Muat, Muat's yeah. a nice big fat ring gauge, uh, or the uh, if you like infused from Drew Estate the acid deep dish, like thick thicker ring gauge on that, um, or if you want something mellow the Undercrown Shade which is really trying to comes to mind the only like really mellow cigar that they offer, um, is the Undercrown Shade, so utilizing that for what? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't think they really offer anything else with a Connecticut, like a like a Connecticut shade like that, except for the Undercrown. Interesting. The Chateau Real they did, but that's long gone. That was a great cigar, but they just didn't market it right. They had the right blend in the wrong. That was like their first foray into like standard premium. Right. After like acid had already taken off, but they tried to go like fancy, yeah, like sounds, traditional, right? Which they could pull off now if they wanted to. But at the time, their but fan base was like that. not about that. Like, I still wouldn't think that though. But like, but now they have a reputation that they, like this was their first time doing a premium like that. Yeah. So if they if they release it now, at least people want to like, oh, it's not really their marketing, but like we know that Drew Estate knows cigars, and they're getting a little more traditional and like the Herrera Esteli packaging and everything, um, as opposed to like Liga. You know, they they, they got a little more traditional and, and Cuban esque in it. Right. But yeah, just at the right time, the cigar was really good. It just wasn't the right wasn't the right match for them at that moment. That was in the heat of like John and Marvin and tattoos right. and graffiti and yeah. New York. I mean, and still there. Still there. Yeah, I mean, listen, they've, yeah. they've leveled out a little bit to, yeah. to be a little more appealing for, for the masses. Because you also got to remember, and no disrespect to, to, to JD or, or the team, there was a while that, you know, the, the modern day aficionado did not take them seriously. I can see that. You know. Liga changed all that. Undercrown changed all that. Right. All the Herreras changed that, like drastically. Where now they're one of the biggest premium manufacturers, and kind of in, in even though I realize its importance, especially to our sales, in in my view of Drew Estate, like acid is secondary. You know, in in terms of the effect. Well, yeah. In terms of their books and in terms of our books, um, acid is number one. Yeah, but which makes makes sense because even our like best selling is like backwoods and things like that yeah. on our website because yeah because they're cheap people buy them and you know and, right. and a shit ton of bulk you know that's what you do right um listen it's a tough market man the cigar industry is tough because you know it's like it, i always it's a great comparison but i always use the beer industry you know it's tiers. You're not, yeah. There's there's tiers, and the people who like the top tier are not doing it all the time because they they have a refined palate. Right. So people who really have a refined palate and like like smoking mint, they're not buying a box of Daffod off a week and just no. you know. I mean, maybe there's some like executive out there who happens to love cigars, and so he's doing it. But otherwise, like a couple a week at most. It's you know, and same thing with beer. No one's no one's buying the forty dollar six pack as like no. his everyday like after work six pack. You know, you're you're buying your you know, you're black and dance. And Lucky Streak. And Lucky Strike. Yeah. Streak. Streak. No, I'm good. Streak. I'm fine. Streak. You know that's made in Pennsylvania? And you can only get it in Pennsylvania? Really? Yeah, it was supposed to be a uh, 
competitive cigar against uh, I think one of the cores. Beer, you mean? Yeah, like to to cores. That's why Anheuser Busch made it. And it's oh, like it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an AB. Yeah. Got to ask my buddy Louie about that. You should. But it's I think it was fifteen fourteen dollars for thirty. What's and the most you've ever, not, what's the most you ever paid for one beer? Uh, I did just get the funk. Did you see? Did you see that picture I posted? I don't look at your Instagram anymore because I can't really drink beer anymore. And now that it's summer, like with cigars, I'm really oh, I'm, I'm like insanely jealous. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The only thing I like to drink besides root beer with cigars, which is my non-alcoholic choice, is beer. I don't like whiskey with my cigars. I really, really? do. Something. I smoked that Davidoff Maduro C. It just. I don't know. Is this what some, were you drinking? Uh, Buffalo Trace. I actually but, watched a great, vi- and I got to give these guys ball. And I guess, I guess this is just what we can't do because we were for a retailer. Um, a thing on YouTube popped up is called like the Bourbon Guys. Or, you know, like one of those, you know, pretty big following. But they basically did a video, and I, and I thought it was a trick. I thought it was like clickbait, right? Because uh, people do it all the time. It was like top five whiskeys you shouldn't buy. And I wanted to be like, oh, they're going to trick us. And it's like, you shouldn't buy them because we like them so much that we bought them all. Like, it was going to be one of those things. They were like, no, here's like a Woodford Reserve and a Booker's. They're way overpriced. Do not waste your money on them. And I'm like, wow. Wow. The freedom. Hard, huh? yeah. Well, no, they were, just, they were just like, you know, like this is this was, they had one from Jefferson. It's called the Jefferson Ocean where they're aging barrels like out at yeah, sea. Yeah, I've heard about that. And they're like, I feel like it's a bunch not, of people do that. It's like, oh, it's like $110. Like it's not right. worth it at all. And they, they they went after my basil. They didn't go after my basil Hayden. They went after the basil Hayden ten year old because they're like, this is sixty dollars and not that good. The standard basil Hayden at thirty nine bucks is aged for nine years. Like I didn't know that at first when I bought the ten year old. Right. I'm like it's aged one more year and it's like almost double the price. He's like it's not worth it. It's just and another thing about the Lucky Streaks they're only ninety three calories. Mm. They're the beer people that I buy my beer is like if they just put ninety three calories on that beer they'd probably be sold out every week. Yeah, because it's it's crazy isn't how that, good it's like Michelob Ultra. One of the Michelobes is yeah. like ninety calories, like eighty nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah, ninety. It, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. I, I was thinking definitely more than that, but I, I it's 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 pretty good. I'm gonna start planning my like. All right, Friday, I'm gonna have two beers and a cigar after work, so I got to run twenty miles this week and only eat air. But I, I got the uh, Funk Brewing Triple Citrus. It's a Indian Indian. <laughs> That's a thing. Indian pale ale is a thing. India pale ale, not Indian. Yeah, India, like, but like it's, it's not like a big difference. Like if you, yeah, you know. no, I, this world is all messed up. No, but, but it's, it's, a, it's called that because it's it was based from India, so it's not like a it's not like a racial thing. It's okay. like this well, little I'm, name. Of it. I'm at least being respectful. No, I got you. It's a uh, 10, percent and it was oh, wow. brewed with orange peel. And you know, I I love my you'll, you'll orange. Love your, your blood like, orange. Yeah, I love orange in my beer. So how how much was it again? That was for four pack of sixteen ounce. That was about tw- I think twenty bucks. Well, that's not bad. You've paid more than that. I mean, I've definitely paid for like a Chimay, twenty dollars for like a, a four sh- pack. Yeah. Oh yeah, I paid more than that for one beer. We got a note in here from uh, Don Juan. Oh, Taylor Uber. Is Nick Malillo the actual voice stand-in for Christian Slater? So someone said on our YouTube that Matt Booth sounds like Christian Slater, and I was like, wow, that's. That's pretty spot on. I even wrote back to him. I was like, that's spot on. I think Nick sounds like Christian also. Yeah. Okay. Nick sounds like in the bottom of the jaw, it's like, yeah. Like, hey, the, I'm not trying to make fun. Yeah, like that, that kind of, you. No, you know, like, on, yeah, Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
I wonder, is Christian Slater from Connecticut? I wonder if it's like a Connecticut thing. He is. Christian Slater's from Connecticut? No. They don't don't no, believe like, anything don't do I say. Like, we're trying to find out real facts here. We're trying to spit facts, and you're just noting breweries in Morristown. Come on, CNN. <laughs> Go to Glenbrook Brewery. <laughs> Christian Slater. He's definitely from California. Yeah. Or, or Canada. From New York. Okay, close enough. Right next Born to Connecticut. He attended. Oh, he went what? to he went to LaGuardia High School. It's like a famous uh, LaGuardia acting. Is, that next to the is it famous? Like no, it's a famous acting school. Is that next to the airport. Oh, LaGuardia was a very serious and very important mayor of New York back in the day. But my grandparents lived right by LaGuardia, the airport. Yeah, terrible airport. It's the worst. The worst. Yeah, the new JFK is nice. Yeah, they they did it up really. Nice. It's just like pain in the ass to get to. He grew up in Connecticut, though. Did he? No. You got to stop. <laughs> Now you're just lying, Chris. You're not even secret Chris anymore. Now you're just full of deceit. You're deceitful, Chris. <laughs> you're LS. Yeah. C. Lying. Secret Chris. Secret Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dude, so I worked out yesterday. I keep getting like this muscle spasm right here. Oh, yeah. It just keeps vibrating. I don't know. I, I had a muscle cramp yesterday. Oh, how was that? Awful. Awful. I need to go get another massage. And whatever the lady did to Mike, I thought like... Everything was going to feel good. Everything felt okay. And then when she got to my leg, she basically said, she's like, this is like a block of wood. She's like, your legs have no give. It's just all tense. And then she like did one, like one thing. And I'm like, 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 like yeah, a noise. Trigger points. <laughs> oh my God. You have all the trigger points that attach to your back. Remember was, I had all the back problems? Yeah. The guy would hit trigger points and just hit these like spots. Yeah. And it just, you just, you melt. Yeah. It was, it was my legs and then part of my lower back. So I thought when you go get a, this is my first ever massage. I thought when you go get like a, like a professional massage, it's like, all right, I got to let them do their thing for like 60 minutes and they got to do the scalp and the shoulders and the foot. I realized like, no, you can go and tell them like, I'm going to turn over, just do my legs for an hour or just do my back for an hour and they'll do it. I should, probably shouldn't have worn my Texans jersey, but. Ouch. 22 of them. That's crazy. And everyone's dropping him like flies, like Beats by Dre, Nike, and another. But talk about football. I see the Jets traded a quarterback. I know. they got And they got like a weird deal. They traded him. They traded Darnold for, they got the, a sixth round for this year and yeah. then a second and a fourth for next year. Yeah. But also, the mock draft I was seeing on CBS, because they traded him to Carolina. And Carolina's the number one pick. No, yep. they don't. Wait. And I saw Carolina's like in the mock draft. No, is it Jacksonville? Go- then Carolina. Jacksonville. I, I get very confused. Jacksonville has the number one pick. Jacks- All right, yeah. Well, I mean, l- 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 but Carolina, like Carolina might have top ten. I don't know, but yeah. uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Okay, because maybe that's where I was confused because the logos are identical that's what they're for, saying. The, for the Panthers and the and the, yep. and the whatever they are, the Leopards, um, <laughs> Jaguars. <laughs> no, the Panthers and the Jaguars. They they like it, there was some cat that was the first pick, and then the Jets have number two. Some cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, all you crazy cats out there. Uh, and the Jets are apparently going to get some kid from BYU. Yeah, Zach Wilson. See, he was good? I sure. mean, from what I hear. I went to Brigham Young. Isn't that like a Mormon school? Yeah, Steve Young was from BYU. Yeah, how many Super Bowls did he win? I don't know. Two. Six? Did he really? I don't know. <laughs> what with the lies? Yo, you, what's with the gullibility over here? Because I don't know things. <laughs> and you know what? Listen, I, I've realized I'm not a Jets fan, but like I do enjoy the Jets being from the area. You know, I'm, a, I'm definitely more of a Giants fan, but I do like the Jets. Let them suffer. 
And then when, but like they, like somebody put on like Instagram that like Darnold had like a party. Somebody threw him a party for like leaving the Jets. I'm like, dude, you went like, you had nine touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Like, like you sucked. Don't blame the Jets for we'll you sucking. see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll see what happens. Like, don't, don't make it seem like you were some like, oh, they just didn't utilize me right. If you're throwing that many interceptions, it's your, it's your fault. <laughs> don't so, blame, don't blame the New York Jets for you throwing interceptions. On the flip side of that though. They didn't set him up like for success at all. No, they did not. He had no one terrible. to throw to. That team was no terrible. one protecting him. That team was probably one of the worst football teams I've ever seen on a on a football field. So if he goes Obviously to Carolina, the Jags, the Jaguars were worse because they got the well, number one. Yeah. Pick. So mean, if he goes to Carolina and does well, does does well, then you know that it's the system. But if he goes there with one of the best, if not the best, running back in the game and doesn't do well, then it's him. Who? Which team does that cool guy with the mustache? Jaguars. Yeah. What? Jaguars. Musgrove. Yeah. Musgrove? Gardner Minshew. Minshew. Why is Musgrove coming up? <laughs> and he's for the Jaguars? What is that yeah. from? Why, why are they not utilizing him? Well, I guess he's not. I mean, they went 1-0 and then lost their last 15 yeah. games. But I thought he did. Like, I was looking at his stats in the beginning of the season. He was he's doing not well. Ba- he's not bad. Just But apparently Trevor Lawrence is a once-in-a-generational type quarterback. They're saying he's like Andrew team. Luck. Yeah. So... Well, he's going to have amazing records and only win one Super Bowl. Well, but they're, 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 he won two. The, both their quarterbacks are going to have amazing hair. It's very wow. windy in Jacksonville. So is it? No. Why? I'd be I'd be very careful getting the kid from BYU. And here's why: because he looks like a villain from Saved by the Bell. He looks like a vil- They had villains. Every, well, everyone has villains, dude. It's high school. I don't know what high school you were. I mean, there was kids who were like a holes, but like they weren't like they yeah, were, villains. villains. They were my nemesis. All of a sudden. <laughs> Like we didn't, we didn't. Like they, it wasn't like you know. You didn't have. Damn that, you, Chris! Like it you, was, you never had that one kid that you just absolutely despised. Yeah, and then we like made yeah. fun of him, and then he would like go away. Oh, so you were the villain? Oh, wow, you're the villain. That's yeah. why. I no, I was a, I was an anti-hero. How the tables have. I was a Tony wow. Soprano of my high school. Hmm. In looks and attitude and sandwiches. Did it all. Gabagool for lunch. <laughs> BYU was, has very strict, like, rules about, like, partying. And um, I remember there was a basketball player. They got into the tournament. I want to say it was a year or two ago. And then he confessed that he, like, had his girlfriend over to his apartment or his dorm, like, yeah. the night before. And he, they, like, wouldn't play him in the rules game. Rules are rules. Yeah, well, no, which I, which I understand. But now you're going to put that kid in New York Steve City Young. as the Jets quarterback. He, that's a lot of temptation. Look what happened to Mickey. That's what happened to Mickey Mantle. That's what happens to a lot of guys when, like, Mickey and Mantle. Like, so Mickey never Mantle really, didn't have a good career. He could have had a better one. He but, was just he, but, his but life he, was destroyed. But, he got his. Did he have a good career? Know. I'm just saying, if they kept just an saying. eye on him a little bit better, he would have been even better. If he's the yes. next Joe Namath, that means only good things for the Jets. Joe Namath had one good thing with the Jets. Their only Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know he was like one of the only quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame who does not have a higher one touchdown seven. to interception rec- uh, rate? He, he has thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns. I believe it. Uh, but Mickey Mantle, at the end of the day, Hall of Famer. Do you know what his lifetime batting average was? Two seventy five. Two ninety eight. Okay, he, still amazing. Uh, he do it, but like if you, if you look at his stats for his first six, seven years, what three twenty three, and then he just got old. He was drinking too much. He kept getting hurt. Can someone break that down for me? Two ninety eight. So does that mean if he went to bat four times, how many times is he hitting it? So if you went to always do it by ten. Okay, and especially with baseball. So basically, he hit it. He had it hit every three times. Uh, out of ten, he had three hits, basically. Okay, gotcha. A little under. So 
Two point thirty percent, basically. Yeah. Right. Three. Right. If you're batting three hundred, you're having a very good year. Because you got to look, look at this way. So why is two ninety eight bad? It's just not. It's just that he was a, a, a mid to high three hundred hitter for the first few years of his career, and then because he kept drinking, not taking care of himself, and all the injuries piled up. But literally less than ten years into his career, he was already on the on the downside. Look at it this way: if he stayed healthy and like took care of himself, you only get about four at bats per game. If so that, that means yeah. every two and a half. So that means he's getting at least one hit, maybe one 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 and a half hits per game. Okay, and that's why Ted Williams's four hundred hit season that's, is like is, is insane. insane. That means ju- almost half the time through the entire 160 game. Well, actually, that actually, it wasn't 162. He has like 154 plus playoffs and everything. Half the time he went up there, he he not just got on base, he got a hit. Wow. And that's another guy whose season was short because he went to the army. He lost four seasons yeah. of his prime. I know for World War II in Korea of yeah. his prime. Yeah, he wow. was nasty. He was, was he nasty. was incredible. That that dude. Umpires would be afraid to call like a no swing strike on him because they're like, if he didn't swing at it, like it's probably not a strike. Right. <laughs> you know, but that's that's Derek Jeter too. Same thing. Derek as Tony Jeter. Wood. Derek Jeter hardly even he would ground out a lot, but like that dude made contact and he was he was. That's also in uh, people like going for these home runs now. You know, they're striking out a lot more, but it's no. analytics, kid. Just like when the Mets took out Jacob DeGrom, it's only 77 pitches in the first six innings, took him out, and then they lost. Well, I, I, well I told you that, that I read an article, I think it might have been in The Athletic. No, it couldn't be The Athletic because I don't pay for it. And so, and not The Athletic, the, they only let you got to pay to read it. Uh, but uh, baseball, like they basically said, like baseball needs to start downplaying a little bit of these analytics and get back to playing the game because viewers not even I don't want to even talk about the political stuff going on just that's happened recently but before that and I love baseball but it's just getting so slow because it's take more pitches and do and they're all worried about that instead of just like playing baseball it's because that's how they make their money that's how they're gonna do it it seems like analytics are just ruining a lot of sports absolutely from what Mm -hmm. you hear from like I know I always talk about basketball, but Barkley always says Charles Barkley always says analytics are ruining it. Yep. You know, I, I don't know how how in basketball it it works because I'm not really a big basketball fan. I know, <laughs> but besides just seeing Moneyball, I, I come just, from a baseball family, so like I I yeah I get like oh you know just get get on base and I and I get that. I feel like more like analytics should be. It's going to kind of seem ironic because at think? the end of the day, the whole thing with analytics is that it doesn't it like the Moneyball thing. Yeah, it promises you like like you you will win a majority of your games. When it comes down to the playoffs, it's always going to be a crapshoot. Which is mm-hmm. why the Athletics still never the A's never still never won a, a World Series in that in that time. One minor thing for basketball for the analytics is games played. So you're it? running on a you're running on the fast break. Always was you converge to the lane, you get a layup. Now it's because the three point shot is hot because it's more points. Players go out to the wing. It's just a very – that's just – but there's percentages I don't even know about. But that's just – you know, when I played 14, 15 years ago, yeah, you if you ran out to a three-point line, you were getting benched. Remember I'd, I'd start yelling when we were watching March Madness, like with like a minute and a half to go, and teams were down by like maybe like five, and they're trying to go for three points. Yeah. Like just – they had an open lane to drive drive the lane, get two points, get your two points, go for the foul. Oh, yeah. Their percentage, no matter, is not 100%. So there is a possibility that kid will not hit one of those shots. So it's just little things like that. There's things that insane. I don't even know. But, yeah, the three-point line is a big thing now. 
Yeah, like they. I feel like the big difference. Not, I'm not saying difference between baseball and basketball. I'm saying difference in how the game is played now versus how I've always watched it, how my dad played it, how you played it back in the day. Is now, and, and I, you're saying it's for because that's how they're getting paid, I guess. But now they're playing for the long game instead of playing to win each game. They're playing right. like if we keep doing this, There's we will no eventually th- win more. Instead of saying like like I remember, and I don't know how accurate that movie was. I read a little bit of the book about like uh, cybermetrics and all that stuff, but he basically said like no stealing. Right. So. Like I said, this is ironic because don't you think analytics analytics is supposed to work in the regular season, but like the playoffs is always a crapshoot. I would say I would only use analytics in the playoffs. Like, no, not. well, I'm just saying, like in terms of like, just get on base. It's we don't need field. we don't need you to get a home run. Just get we, like we need you yeah, on. But that's base. how they play though. Analytics is, is analytics is about hitting a home run though. I'm telling you, the problem is, is look what the, I, I look what the Rays think. did last year in the playoffs. They took Blake Snell out and they oh, the. And he was cruising, but because he hit a certain hit a certain pitch count to the type of like the lineup that he was going to face that next inning, they pulled him and lost. It's it's at that point you have to go by field. Like I always remember Game Five of the World Series and the Mets and the Royals where Harvey was pitching, and you know we had no there was no hope for the Mets to win that series. Right. I think they were down three to one. So. We, I just remember that whole entire stadium going nuts when Harvey went back out to go pitch that inning, and that was great. I mean, granted, poor poor defense on the Mets part, but like you have to go by feel. It's all about feel in the playoffs. I think that I think you go hot hand and feel. That's it. Well, I and I even said this to my dad when I first saw that movie with him, and I'm like, here's the thing: if every other team is playing regular baseball, then this one team is using analytics. They have the edge. But then once everybody starts using analytics. Doesn't it kind of balance out? And now it's like it doesn't really. Have to, so like, have one team now go. All right, everyone using analytics. We're gonna go back to the old way of play. We're gonna steal. We're gonna you know do this, do that. Right. And then that's why the Royals won that year. The Royals yeah. were so, um, what's the fuck? What's the word? Like they were so like putting a lot of pressure on you. They're always aggressive. Right. They played aggressively. You play aggressively, you put people on their heels, that's when all of a sudden you take over the game. Yeah. That's when your nerves start settling in and yeah. everything else. Like I feel that. like there's no urgency anymore. Right. No. And this was this was my dad's problem with uh with Girardi as coach, which I, I, I liked Girardi, but Joe Torrey was every game. We have to play every game. Like like Girardi was like, Oh, he like, you know, he, he's losing six nothing going into the third inning. Oh, well, like let him see if he can work himself out of trouble. Like, like there's more games in the season. I don't care if it's game two of the season. Right. Every game, that, like it's the absolutely. last game of the World Series. Right. And that's why you'll never see the type of athletes that we saw in the '90s. Nope. Or, or any time before that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, any time before that, those guys were ballers. Going back to Mickey Mantle, show up hungover as crap, thrown up in his helmet in the dugout, right. go out and smack three home runs. Right. It was just like, uh, what's that guy from the Pirates that was high as all can be and threw a no hitter? Doc. Doc Gooden. No. Pirates. Doc uh, Ellis. Uh, I don't remember his name. But J.R. Davidoff, fiftieth, exquisite. Very good. Exquisite. Very, 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 good very good. So get them while you can. Any more questions? You know, ask yourself. Yeah, we're gonna start compiling all the questions on YouTube and social media. We'll start doing maybe a little little segment every month. Ask Nick. I mean, Greg too. If you well, have, that's we talked about you, that. Well, honestly, if people have video questions about how we shot a certain thing, no or, one ever does. Okay. If anything, if they have a question, it's more of a comment and saying yeah. how bad it is. But 
but it's not it's not bad yeah it's not it's beautiful all right and uh nice talking to you guys nice talking to you you, chris because you're a liar and you lied i like talking to you chris thank you all right take care all right i'll see you